Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Creator's Outlet. This week, our special guest is Timothy B. Fling from Earth Dog Studios. Thanks, Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to everybody and uh, give them a little uh, background on uh, your history in, in the medium. Sure. Um, first of all, thanks, William, for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be on the show. Um, my name's Timothy Fling. I'm a writer and creator from York, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm mostly known for being what they call a Kickstarter creator. And what I mean by that, we sort of develop products. In this case, uh, we make comic books and graphic novels. And I create them and fund them over on the Kickstarter platform. And then once they're finished, I submit them to various publishers. Oh, cool. So you, you, you make it, put it out there, you have physical copies of it, and then you submit them to the publishers from there. Right. And um, this is we're currently in the middle of our sixth one. This is for an ongoing uh, new title. It is a cryptid based visual sci fi adventure titled Call of the Cryptid. It's actually live over on Kickstarter right now. Yes, it is. And uh, we've got it right here. There ah, nice. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. So uh, <clears throat> you're you're just a you way surpassed the goal because you said it at, uh, at 500. Right. Yeah. I did something different this time, which is I set the goal really low because I was trying something. I'd heard that you could potentially get an algorithmic bump from setting the goal low. Um, like supposedly there's some kind of advantage you can have if you hit the goal very quickly and if you exceed the goal pretty quickly. Um, so I tried it to see what all the fuss was about. I don't think it helped me any. I don't know if I would do it again, but um, I tried it and there you have it. And my realistic goal for this one, and you can tell by where the stretch goals are, but it's realistically, I'm hoping this will be in the, you know, I guess it's going to be $3,500 range. I'm hoping maybe 5,000. Yeah, well, uh, 5K is is more than attainable since you've got like 29 days left and you're already sitting at, at 2,370. Right, with and I'll eight, need some kind of... Backers, so, you know. Yeah, I'll need some kind of push, you know, because it, it tends to come roaring right out of the gate. And this is, you know, I haven't done 20 or anything, but I did five already. And usually there's, you know, you get roughly about half of it in the first two days or three days, something like that. And you, you yeah. hope you can keep enough momentum. I seem to have some pretty good momentum. So, yeah, if anybody's out there uh, checking it out, it's definitely a fun sci-fi book with some beautiful artwork. I promise you will not be disappointed. Oh, excellent. Well, uh, so I get a question there from File 13. A person can hire me and I do their entire campaign. I actually do both. Um, I should be a little specific. The first thing we do, Earth Dog Studios is now what I call a publishing house where you can, it, we basically have six steps that we go through through the publication of the book. That said, if somebody said, hey, I already have my book and I just want to do the Kickstarter, the answer is yes, I would do that too. And I even do a little bit of video production and songwriting, like if you need a theme song written, that kind of thing. Um, but I would say mostly what we're doing these days is, and it's even one of the tiers in the Kickstarter, which it's a little bit of like a make my book. Because, you know, a lot of creators struggle with getting their book finished. And, you know, it's like when you find the right editor and they help you push it over the curb. What I do is I meet with the clients. They tend to be Zoom sessions. We do six of them and we go over script, layout, pencils, inks, colors, marketing, and crowdfunding. Oh, 
you know what I mean? It's like a little, it's like a little timeline that'll help somebody make their book. Cause it's funny. Once you do it a couple of times, it's like riding a bike, you know, it's, as long as you don't fall off a, a book will come out the other end. Yeah. And I know, uh, from talking to, uh, Pete Sabetti from Alterna. Yeah. That when, when he takes submissions for possible series that they may or may not be interested in, he wants like a physical copy of the book. Right. I've noticed that too. And, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how that works. Like I've had some publishing success, but kind of small ones, but they say that if you are like, if you're at a convention or something like that, and you're putting a copy of the published book into the editor's hands, you've got a little bit of an advantage, right? Because it shows that not only you can do stuff digitally, but that you can do things, you know, you can run it through print and cover design and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I know uh, a lot of, a lot of, oh, pop-ups, pop-ups, pop-ups. I know everybody's streaming, please. Uh, <laughs> I know uh, <coughs> some of it is they want to, a lot of publishers want to see like a finished product. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with you. And to answer some of the comments, that is exactly what we're going for is a really high-end finished product. And uh, to be more specific, we take like an average DC or image book and we say the design and production quality has to be at least this level or higher in its consistency. Because, I mean, these days there's so many indie books, you've got to have a really nice looking package or it won't get noticed. I'm I'm tempted to say it. That's what she said. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've noticed noticed this a lot from like... uh, the books that I've backed, um, how like more high end they are than anything coming into the comic shop on, on right. a typical Wednesday. Right. Well, and if you want to, do you mind scrolling down and I'll show you a cover and I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of what I mean. It's going to be kind of oh, interesting sure. to you. So there, there's cover number one, right? And the first thing is that that's like a regular cover and you got already got some pretty cool colors, but that's an example of the kind of book that you get for $10. It's a 32 page book, right? Yeah. Now I, in the past, hadn't done as much with variants, but I have learned how to make them more and more. So scroll down a little bit more. This next one you see here will be what they call a chrome enhanced design. And what I mean by that, elements of the logo and of the creature will be printed in a two-layer printing process by which the upper layer is chrome and the bottom layer is cover. And what that means is when you take the cover and like tilt it a little, it will shine at you. It'll be like reflective, like the alien will look super creepy. And then go down one more, please. This next one has the same thing. It's going to have the chrome enhanced design where the creatures will actually be printed on foil, which means that they'll be sort of shiny while they're, while you're holding the cover. Nice. Then there's one more below that. This is the black and white edition. It's going to be completely black and white cover to cover. And this was designed as sort of a, a tribute. Now what you're seeing here, William, this is an homage cover, but it's a, the story and everything's the same. This is strictly a black and white issue for somebody that said, wow, that art looks cool. I want to get it in black and white because it is a little bit in the sense of if you like things like Vampirella or Creepy Magazine or Eerie Magazine or any of the old monster magazines from Marvel in the 70s or what some people would call the Curtis Publications books, which are like Planet of the Apes, the old black and white ones. Yeah. 
Well, this book will be made like that, and it'll really emphasize the gray tone art that's in the series. It looks really, really cool. The only element of color that will be on this book is on the cover, which is, it says, Call of the Cryptid in a neon green chrome logo. Yeah, it looks, it looks so good in black and white. It does, doesn't it? And I'll tell you, I came by this, honestly. This is my third book I've done with Erwin Arosa. He's my partner. And he does the interiors, too. Every page looks like this. And he has sort of like a, you know, a, almost like a fine art sensibility in the way that he approaches his designs and things. So what we've decided to do is he did all the variant covers for this book, except one, which I'm going to show in a minute. But we've decided to emphasize some of his uh, gray tone work. And people had said over and over again, man, I wish I could get this book in black and white. That looks really cool. Right. And I said, you know, one of these times I'll do it. So in this case, uh, we did it. And now this is designed to be a collector's book, too. It isn't the cheapest one. This is, I think, a $20 book. But it gives you the Chrome logo, and it's also going to have some additional content. What's up, Hex Allen Comics? Hey, Hex. Hail. Well, I've noticed in, like, the last year that more and more people are gravitating towards the crowdfunded books and a specific niche that's been coming up has been a black and white edition because they yeah. want us. A lot of people are like super heavy into the art and they want to see the original line work. So, it right. just, you know, pencils yeah. and ink, and it usually looks pretty damn gorgeous. So, I, I do a lot with when I share artwork and stuff, I sometimes will share the. Because, you know, what I found is that people are interested in seeing, like, how did you make this? How did you make it? So we'll yeah. show, like, the sketch and then the black and white, like you're seeing there, and then the color. And sometimes I'll add a fourth one, which is with the logo and the letters on and so forth. But in this case, it's designed to appeal to... William, are you a comic collector by any chance? <laughs> I sold 14 long boxes a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and I, I, I still have probably 75 left. Oh, okay, listen, man. So I'm speaking to the right guy. I, I'm a comic book collector, and I love some of the older stuff, and in particular the black and white stuff. And it's I'm glad that you mentioned that people are doing it. Like I'd like to see this make a resurgence, but in my case, it's not really. Look, what you would hope is that you would say, well, you know, the regular book is ten dollars, right? Which I feel is pretty reasonable price. Yeah. But they say, well, for black and white, it actually costs you less to make, so it should be like five dollars. But unfortunately, that's not the way it really works because you still have all the same production stuff for the black and white book, including a different color. And in this case, we even have the Chrome Enhanced logo. So we did it differently. What I mean is the regular color book is your regular book. It's the cheaper one. This one is the variant. It's the rare black and white with the Chrome logo. Only, I'm sorry, I don't have the number right in front of me. It's either 50 or 100. But let's say it's 100. Only 100 will be made. It's for the Kickstarter. And then this one goes away. And like I say, that's, that's a little bit more expensive book. We talked the other day, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Um, you know, some of the price points of a Kickstarter book, you know, and some people get the covers pretty high up there. And I, I don't like to charge too much because I'll tell you, it does. What's the right way to put this? It's true that you have to recoup your costs and everything. But, you know, I think that if the cost gets too high, you're kind of like ripping the customer off a little bit. Because it doesn't really cost me that much more to make it if you follow. It's just more design time and sometimes yeah. more more chrome. And stuff. Right. So because we had one that was, William, it was $40. 
And my friends were like, what? No, dude, some of these are $50, $80 out there. And, you know, you can even go to like a metal and some of those are like a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. But I said, and this is a printable holofoil, which we're going to see that next. As a matter of fact, scroll down since I'm talking about it. Please, please scroll down, sir. I'm sorry about the way I sometimes sound. <laughs> um, that, that's the one right there. And you see, this will be on what they call a printable holofoil. And what that means, it's a very shimmery kind of reflective surface, and it'll look it'll look really trippy and cool, right? And um, in this case, it was a it's designed to remind you of like the X Files yeah. or you know Matrix type thing. Yeah, this is a very sci-fi kind of series. And where I was going with that, that I thought forty bucks felt like too much, so I pulled it down. That one, even with the printable hollow foil, that's a thirty dollar book. So that's my most expensive one. And only 50 of those get made. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's I, I, I saw this and I just wanted to yell. The truth is out there, man. Awesome. Yeah. And I tell you, that's I love when people say that because it means, yeah, OK, they kind of get it. You know, it's because I mean, at this point, let's be honest, X-Files is an older show, right? Yeah. And I'm an older reader, so. Yeah, yeah I am, too. <laughs> and, and this is also I love saying this one to people. This one is designed a little bit more like the classic sci-fi stories of Richard Matheson, Rod Serling, Isaac Asimov. Yep. If you love modern comics and you love the direction that modern comics is going, you probably won't like this very much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to definitely be different than what modern comics is doing. And what I mean by that is that sometimes I sort of like emulate other writers to please don't hear a copy when I say that, but you know, you'll find somebody's script that you want to try and emulate. And in this one, the, the case is Grant Morrison in particular, he wrote for a series called the doom patrol. Oh, and it, that, that was an amazing run. Yeah. But hey, if, what I'm telling people is if you like the doom patrol, you probably will like call of the cryptid because it's not, it's, it's similar in the sense that it's got a kind of uh, surreal sci-fi that's sort of dreamlike and kind of weird at times. Remember mm -hmm. how the Doom Patrol was, it's like the offbeat sci-fi hero book. The yeah. Call of the Cryptid is going to be your offbeat sci-fi book. Well, what got me interested in this is when I, when I saw the, some of your PR stuff floating around the interwebs. Mm -hmm. um, last year, I had backed a book called Cryptidals. Okay from 656 Studios. They're a bunch of guys that I've got, gotten to know quite well over like the last few years. And uh, they're from Mexico and it was a, they, they did the whole thing in black and white. Oh, nice. And earlier this year, they submitted it and it's getting published as floppies in full oh, nice. color. And, uh, I guess the the order cut up is like the end of this month for it, but I'm like that that's awesome. Congre congratulations to those guys. But I read I read their book and I'm like, then I saw yours. I go, ooh, a different cryptid book. Yeah, and like I say, this one's a little bit different too. What you're going to have is because I want to make sure I represent it right to customers. It's not like you pick up the first issue and all the cryptids are in issue one. This is a four issue arc. And what you're going to have is each issue has sort of like a, like a theme. 
And the theme of the first one is uh, the X-Files. It's got the alien greys, the men in black. And I guess I don't want to spoil too much, but the Bigfoot is the reveal. He's the cryptid of the book. And then in the next one, it's the Mothman. And then issue three is the Loch Ness Monster and so forth. I don't want to give too much. We got to look at our main character there. She's an Asian-American teenager by the name of Cadence Malloy. Father recently passed away and she argues with her family fairly often. As the, most teenage I, girls do. Yeah, yeah. And th this book is a little bit different for me. I like to point out early on, it is all ages appropriate. It's a little bit in tone, not too different from something like Harry Potter or Hunger Games, if you follow what I mean, in tone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's now there are scary monsters. Uh, that's one thing, right? My, I don't do the gore, but the monsters will like it's it's scary and freaky. Some of this stuff. Cool. Yeah, because all the stuff that you mentioned prior, like I love Vampirella, creepy, mm. airy, uh, heavy metal magazine. Uh, I'm a big fan of the old uh, Hammer films. Oh, dude, yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah. And that that happens. I I bought a box set at a store in the mall. Oh, like thirty years ago. And it had it had like five or six discs in it. Uh huh. And the first one I popped in was one of their Dracula movies. And it blew nice. my mind that Grand Moff Tarkin, who I thought was <laughs> dead, <when the> <laughs> right? Exploded, <laughs> he was, was Cushing, uh, Van yeah. Helsing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, right. oh, cool. I thought he only did that one movie. <laughs> You got some pretty good pages here, right? This is the artwork of Erwin Arosa. And this is, you have a panel there showing the abduction of Cadence Malloy. And essentially, you know, we have a lot of wild lighting and a lot of sort of like creepy, surreal, and dreamlike images. And if you were a comic collector, some people might know some books that came out. This is going back some years, okay? It would be late 80s, early 90s. It was called the Prestige Format Graphic Novel Series. Yeah. And, and it was things like Grant Morrison's art, excuse me, Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum. Neil Gaiman did a book called Black Orchid. There was another yeah. one very early on called Books of Magic. Um, if you liked those kind of high quality production kind of, um, you know, dare I say it, intelligently written books, that's what this type of book is like. And William, when you mentioned that you were a fan of the magazine Heavy Metal, I knew right away you were the right guy because that's something there's not too many publications like that around anymore. No, they've, they've all sadly uh, gone awry. So. But I love that kind of stuff. And this book is definitely, yeah, take a look at this one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, a very Twilight Zone, right? And, oh, yeah. And the idea behind it is, of course, that after her alien abduction, uh, there's this otherworldly source is trying to contact Cadence Malloy. That's the call that she is experiencing. It's coming through her transistor radio. And she can't figure out what they are trying to tell her. And, of course, what it is, it's a race of legendary monsters. They're trying to warn her of something critically important. And they, they can't really get through to her. And for the younger viewers or listeners, a transistor radio was a was the radio we used to fit in our pocket and carry around with us back right, in the right. 60s and 70s and you, you might think this is kind of cool too um i'm a music fan we're all musicians over here too and i mm -hmm. love heavy metal and heavy metal plays a role in this story and i'm going to tell you why 
when she has her radio and stuff playing in the story, I thought it would be cool if there was like snippets of lyrics playing, you know, remember I told you about how some of these older books used to do neat, you know, gags like that. Like as, as she's riding around on her scooter, the music's playing and the reader can read the lyrics. Right. Yeah. But I quickly found out that uh, if you quote any famous bands or even use more than like three words in a row of their lyrics, you are uh, you've made a copyright violation. Yeah. So I was like, damn, OK, well, so I can't use that idea. But then I went, hey, hold on a second, man. You know what? Let's just write our own songs and create a fictional band. And so so we have our own lyrics peppered throughout the story. So we came up with this band. It's a 1980s shock rock act from Syracuse, New York, called Turnback Dorothy. And it's cool because they have lyrics in the story. So they're not in the story or anything, this band. But whenever you hear the radio, it's their song that's coming over. If you follow me. And what's cool about it is our next stretch goal, which is, I think, 24 or 2,500 bucks. It's very close. If we unlock it, we'll have we'll put the band bio in the back of the book and it'll be uh, it'll be part of the lore of the book. This band, it'll be like their tour poster in the dates. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Right. What you're seeing there, this page, this is Cadence being pursued. Um, The men in black are sworn to destroy her because she's got this key, which she doesn't realize yet, but it's stored inside that radio. And it's that's it's actually the radio itself that is signaling her. And what you have, if you're a comic making type of dude, what you have there is what they call the classic nine panel page. And you can do some creative lyrics and stuff. And it's not too far removed from what a Dave Givens page looks like in Watchmen by Alan Moore. And that's what you can tell by, remember I was telling you like I emulate some stuff. It's pretty easy to see that I copied that one a little bit. Well, I had gotten excited because I I live up uh, towards Boston and uh, I was excited because I saw an an ad for a Boston show that had just announced that they were going to be having Alan Moore. Oh, wow. So I got completely excited until i found out that that week i'm gonna basically be in the hospital because i'm getting operated on oh like thursday are you okay uh i have uh a graphic novel full of uh health issues but Uh, i hope you're okay buddy i hope you're okay yeah it's it's just it's like an outpatient surgery at my uh vascular surgeon's office He's got to close off, go in and close off like some, a bunch of bad veins in my leg. Take a, take a pause there. I'll, I'll show you. Well, first of all, William, I wish you the best with your upcoming surgery. I know that stuff's no fun. So I'm sending you healing vibes through the internet. Oh, wait, thank you, sir. You're welcome, buddy. What you're seeing here is, you know, we try to have some interesting stretch goals for the backers. And what you see is some early production art. These is a, we're kind of what's a good way to put this we've had some small successes with being the makers of trading cards on our kickstarter campaigns here's what i mean by that our trading cards now ship to 19 countries around the globe can you believe that yeah i couldn't believe it either but so we you know and it's not particularly profitable or anything for me but it seems like people like them enough that they order them even from very far away and this one that you're seeing is what we call a card number zero the only way to get this one is to be an early backer or to be a returning backer everything in my case i kind of have some followers so i always try and hook them up but what you're seeing this is what we call a chrome enhanced trading card set for cryptids and the first one is the first one that appears in the story who's the gray alien 
And you see the part that's white on that card is going to be what they call a printable chrome. It's going to look like you're looking at a mirror and see how the alien is stepping out of the mirror, kind of. Oh, cool. Yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty badass. And then, of course, the back is the top secret file. And, you know, you can barely read the logo. Yeah, I was wondering if that was like a, a card sleeve for it. Or you know, something it, that that would be cool to have that. But what we want to do is there's going to be, depending how successful this is, that's, you know, there's other unlocks here in the wings, which is, well, we're, we're coming to one of them, but it is, there's the alien card, there's the Bigfoot card, and I'd probably like to at least do the Mothman, but we'll see how far it goes. Very cool. I'll quick go through a couple of the rewards. The, our entry level tier is the $7. That's the optic graph. That's a digital PDF of the book. You can just sort of read it and move on. The difference between that and the $10 level, the call of the cryptid, the $10 level is the printed book. And that is a 32 page. It's oversized, what we used to call a giant size comic. And it's printed on a hundred pound cover stock, upgraded cover. It'll be a nice, strong, clean, professional looking comic book. Uh, 15, the enhanced optic graph, that is the, uh, it's got the additional digital materials and um, it's also includes the Water Wars series and the Hunchback books. It's essentially all my other books. Oh, very nice. Which, by the way, that's been a popular seller. I was surprised by that. Apparently people like to get my digital catalog. I'll remember that. Uh, $20 is the encounter. We call it that. That's the encounter variant because it looks a little bit like Close Encounters. Encounters, right? yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of an homage. And that one, remember, will have chrome enhancements. When you hold it in your hand, you'll be like, whoa, this is really messed up. man. They look great. And I do. I will have an uh, one to show for an example if you want to see one then. Oh, cool. I got some over here. Uh, let's see. After that is the Noir edition. Remember, that is a full black and white edition. It's not just the cover that's black and white. It's the interior, too. So you'll be able to experience the whole thing as if it was a Marvel, you know, black and white book from the 70s, right? Yeah. So, and the idea is the only element that is enhanced is that Chrome logo, which, and it'll be like sort of, it's really like this kind of putrid green. It's really wild, man. We went through a bunch of them, like red and looking like horror movies. And when we saw this one, we we're like, dude, this is the one. I just love that green against the black and white. It makes it pop on the stands. Right, man. And as you know, I'm a collector and I do love certain variants. And that's the one where if somebody saw it, they would be like, whoa, what? I got to have it. It just looks cool. The next one up is the homage cover. We always do an homage. This mystery, this monster, it is an homage cover of Fantastic 451, the Jack Kirby. So we call it the Jack Kirby homage. And our most expensive one, that's $30. That's the declassified document, which is um, a cover by, I'm going to, he's an Italian fellow. So I'm going to try and say his name without screwing it up. So please bear with me. He is Massimiliano Veltri. Massimiliano Veltri is the artist there and he just did a terrific job and it was my first time working with him and i'm so thrilled with it i mean it's so spooky and weird which is exactly what we're shooting for for this book you know no, not to mention very x-files yeah yeah and you know the guys all had their assignments and they all nailed nailed the assignments right the Masters of Reality, that's the collectible set that gives you one of each cover. And that's, if you really have any interest in the variant, that's the one to buy. Because for 58 bucks, you get five books. That's almost like $10 a book, 
Yeah. The next one you, is the usually that would just be one variant on some of the campaigns. Right. And you know, William, I feel funny doing that. I'll tell you why, because they don't cost me that much. I got a little bit more time in design, right? I got a little bit more time in, you know, the uh, I, I got a little bit more cost in working with the logos and stuff, but it's not it doesn't cost me twice as much. So I don't want to charge the customer that much. So the next one you see there, the Terran artifact, you see what they are. It's a laser engraved wood etching and you can choose the cover that you like and have it laser engraved on a piece of wood. Oh, that's very interesting. Right. And that also gives you, it's not as clear from the image, but it also includes all five covers. It's like your upgraded set, but oh. the laser engraved etchings are amazing. They look that cool. It's about the size of a comic, but it's a piece of wood. And it basically, it perfectly etches the image into it. It's, they're awesome, dude. And it, it's, uh, it's only 10 more dollars than the, than the full set of books. Right. Right. That's definitely, uh, yeah, and I, I started working with this guy who does the laser engravings. He's got a couple cool things. I'm, he's even going to potentially make some coins for us. Cool. Engines of the Cosmos, that's the retailer tier. That actually comes with 20 books, 10 posters, and 10 trading cards. And it's only $98. What's the catch? Well, the catch is that one's for comic book stores. You've got to have either an online store or a brick and mortar. I, I lose a couple of bucks on each one of those, as you can probably tell by the pricing. But the idea is to get your package into the stores. It's like marketing. Yeah. So the, the less of those I sell, probably the better. But I understand that. I understand that you have to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, the radioactive lobby cards. What that is, this is an oversized. It's an 11 by 17. That's an A3 poster size it's a movie poster on thick cardboard and it's, it's like really thick like it'll stand up on its own and it's printed on what they call a luminescent paper we've made these before this was last year we called it the uh the radioactive movie poster this year it's the radioactive lobby card but it's about the size of a movie poster and it's on a luminescent paper that is it, like when you look at it in the sun or tilted it's like shimmering kind of that's very cool yeah, it, it's it's pretty sweet. I've had a couple of backers that did it, and when you see the posters, everyone goes, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know it would be this cool!" Like, as if the paper is like a, uh, it's like a shiny eggshell type paper. Oh, nice, pretty cool. Ninety-eight dollars. Unlock the vault. The CGC collector. The new thing we well, not the new thing. I guess it's about a year ago we started, but we're CGC dealers now. So any of the covers can be done for the ninety-eight dollars. That's just a flat fee. Which really, what you're covering there is the for me to get it back and forth from Florida. There's some paperwork. You know, you got to pay for your membership. Um, but I, the, the book, you can pick even the most expensive book, and it's still you don't have to add anything. It's the ninety-eight dollars flat. You pick the book. The only downside there, viewers, and I told the guys this last year, and last year it turned out okay, but remember, CGC does have delays. You'll be among the last to get your copies of your book. CGC right now is probably about, uh, well, it'd take me about two months to get them back at least. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least. With that, I would recommend at the very least to, uh, to grab the, uh, the digital copy so you can read your book. Yeah, because when you get this back, you won't be able to read the book because it'll be and another plastic. I, I always tell the people too. Um, this does come with reader copies. Like really, your oh, ninety-eight cool. bucks. Yeah, your ninety-eight bucks just covers the uh, 
the slab. If you, you know, just tell me and I'll toss even a couple in there for reader copies. Oh, very nice. The, the Arosa Palooza. As you guys maybe know, my creative partner a, is a guy by the name of Erwin Arosa. And he has worked on me now, worked with me now on, we've done the Call of the Cryptid book. We did the Hunchback. We did a cover for each Water Wars book. That's four books of those. We did the Lost at Sea book together. Anyway, the, the $148 tier gets you a copy, a physical print copy of every book that Erwin and I have ever done. It's 14 books total. Oh, that's a that's an amazing deal. Yeah, and they're, they're all first printings too in all gradable condition. And, you know, the, the books, man, I, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but they came out amazing. Like when you get them, you're like, oh my gosh, these really came out nice. And I'm like, that's what I was telling you. Like they're, they're very pro grade. Like we went through a lot of design. Put it this way, I made a lot of mistakes and this is the end result where we have all the mistakes weeded out. <laughs> the Psychic Vision 268 is the custom commission tier by Erwin Arosa. He will design you any character you like, two dragons fighting, mafia shootout. You know, use your imagination. This is a fun custom commission. And we've done a couple of these, and they've been things like uh, one guy had one of the Thundercats done. One guy had something from Chronicles of Narnia, but it comes with your version of your design on one of the shimmering movie posters. Very cool. Yeah. Those people so far that did that have been very satisfied. Yeah. Cause uh, you go to any convention, you buy a, you know, an original piece of art, depending on the popularity of the artist. Like if it's a, you know, a bigger name, like, you know, like a Gra Graham Nolan or somebody like that. Right. You're going right. to, you're going to be paying like, you know, or Tom Mandrake, you're going to be paying like some big bucks for, uh, you sure. know, yeah. full page of art. But usually uh, you'll find people that are, that are on average paying about four or $500 for, uh, for a commission at people, you know, for people. Yeah. At the, at That's the about shows. right. That's about yeah, right. So. And, and I'm an art collector too, uh, William. So I totally get it. And it's something I like doing S sometime when we do another show, I'll, I'll show you, I have a pretty, pretty cool collection of original artwork. I have, I have a very small collection of original. Artwork. Oh, I'd love to see it, man. I, listen, the more I'm talking to you, I'm realizing we got some things in common. We gotta, we gotta swap our collection sometime. It's like step, step brothers. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, comic people are just easier to get along with for me. Oh, so yeah. let, let's see. Where do we leave? I'm at 488. This is You're getting toward the high end of my things here. Ready? This is the fate of the replicant. So what does this do, Tim? Well, in the past, we've offered the ability to be drawn in to our universe. That was for a book we call The Water Wars. And you could be drawn in as a soldier or a scientist, that kind of thing. And what we do is we digitally scan your likeness. When someone sees this book, they will say, there's William, there's Timothy. It'll look just like you. Guaranteed to be a best-in-class experience. Hold on, it gets better. The new one, the class of the replicant here, you will have lines and you will have a critical moment in the plot of the book. That's why Ooh. this one is more. You'll have lines in the whole bit. You get you get lines. Mm -hmm. I I know uh, with the drawn in tears on on some projects, what became popular is people like to get killed in the book. Right, right. And 
the the making it through tier was usually like about a hundred dollars less than the please kill me tier. Yeah. Well, and in this case, we, we actually wrote the part ahead of time and the book is done. And the idea was, cause you, you know, you can digitally put somebody anywhere. So well, like, Hey, we can replace one of the main characters and it'll be like, he was there the whole time. Yeah. That's And, that's and it's not like a, it's not like a one panel thing. It's like six panels or seven panels. Oh, wow. I can tell that I can, in case someone's interested, I can tell the viewers what the scene is. You would be the principal of the school who gets in the argument with Cadence and is trying to warn her that government men are after her. It turns out they're the men in black. They're not government men. But she, the principal wants to know what's going on. Why are government men in the school? It's a pretty good scene. Wow. Yeah, I think a customer would like it. And then our 498, that's it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. That basically what that is, is me as your professional publisher reaching out to aspiring creators. If you have a problem with editing, layouts, scripting, colors, no matter what it is, I will walk you through it and we will publish the book at the end. We've done this twice before and it tends to be things like script work and layout work. But I can do other stuff, too, including and up to video editing and I can even help with marketing and social media. But depending on what the person wants. If you were thinking, hey, I really want to publish my book, but I'm struggling and I can't quite get through all the steps without a publisher backing me up, I will guide you through the steps and we will make the book at the end. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Get, get schooled for less than $500. Yep. And it, it's kind of fun, too, because the one thing I say to people is even if they don't necessarily want to make the book, I can still show you all the steps and you can put it out then whenever you want. And it's once you see it, you'll go, oh, so you just do that then. Yeah, you just do that then. Mm -hmm. Stretch goals. Stretch goals. So we got a couple of these unlocked already. The first one, display the emblem. What it is, it is a, uh, it's a sticker. It's a three by three sticker with the call of the cryptid logo. And you see it has Bigfoot being beamed up by the UFO. Nice. The second one, this is unlocked too. That is reach the stars. That is the star map. All of the, uh, the there's basically nine races of creatures in the call of the cryptid. Each one is from a different dimension. Spoiler alert: that turns out they're not actually from Earth. They're extra dimensional. And this will show what dimension they are all from and how they're all connected. Um, if you like maps like in Lord of the Rings or World of Warcraft, something like that, you'll like this. And it will be that Chrome enhanced printing process that I told you about. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty cool, man. This next one, uh, Unleash the Metal, that is uh, add the bio to the book. That is the band bio for Turn Back Dorothy. And it's going to say where they came from and what they did. Hey, a flying V. Oh, cool. Yeah, right? Isn't that cool? <laughs> and I, I say to people like that, and that's just a little flavor for the book, right? Like to give you a little background. Like it's a metal book, and it's they're very 80s, you can probably see. And it's also along the lines of you know, Motley Crue, Kiss, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy, Alice Cooper, stuff like that, right? You had me at Alice Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is, I think you would like this. Next, we got Expand the Universe. Um, I'm sometimes not sure how to say this, but we're starting to have a lot of books out. And what this will do, it'll add to the back of the book. It's like a little collector's guide showing you all the products we put out. Oh, cool. 2880. Go ahead. Reading order and all. Yeah, all, all in con con uh, sequential order and how they're connected too. Oh, cool. 
Watch the skies. What you're seeing there, that is the mini print that'll be on the back of the map. Oh, nice. Yeah. 3288, collect the cryptids. You see what you got there. It is, uh, that is the next trading card, which will be free to all backers. And what it is, you see Bigfoot, he's going to be emerging from the shiny substance. He's like, see how he's like coming through from another dimension, kind of? But in his case, yeah, it's like a Stargate. But instead of, uh, like the other one will be on shiny metal chrome. This one will be like on green. It'll be green and shiny. Mm. Green and shiny. Reveal the cast. That's a little interview with the uh, cast and crew, writer, artists, and all of our. It'll be like a fun, humorous interview. And oh, then cool. 5288 is Hear the Call. I mentioned earlier, we write our own uh, theme song. So we'll write it. It's a 1950s uh, sci fi metal theme song. Nice. Then you got, of course, the team who work on the book. I'll give them all a quick shout out. That's me at the top there, uh, right underneath me on the left. That's Erwin Arosa, then Matias Zanetti on letters, and in the very bottom in the darkness, that's Luis Santa Marina, our chief designer and shaman. And it looks like you've all been taken over by the cryptids. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Every every time I see Bigfoot. I have like a, a mental flash back to Andre the Giant playing Bigfoot in the six. Oh my gosh, man. you are a man after my own heart. That was the other, <laughs> probably, probably my first exposure to Bigfoot. I know it was mine. I remember the toy, and I, I couldn't tell you how many times Steve Austin punched him in that, that little square button to make his chest sure. pop out. Yeah, heck yeah, man. I remember it well. This next section you're seeing there, we finally have enough issues to where we offer back issues now. And what you're seeing is the issues themselves. And also, since they were run on Kickstarter, some have a couple of variants. So, and I think it's something like 20 books available. What you got there is the top, the top two and a half rows are the Water Wars series, one, two, three, and four, and their accompanying variants. Then uh, you have the Hunchback and Lost at Sea. And in the very bottom right-hand corner, that's the Water Wars Chronicles. That is the collected trade paperback. Oh, cool. And that's got six short stories in it. And Forbidden Rebel Love. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's an interesting, look, looks like a sea captain. But I, yeah. Then I read the title. I was like, oh, well. That's yeah, the, the premise of it, she's robot. It's uh, it's a sea captain who rescues Marilyn Monroe at sea and it turns out it's a trap she's a robot trap set by a race of alien overlords oh that's a all, shame yeah all the water wars books have like weird sci-fi twists to them and lost at sea as well yeah yeah it's it's, it's very proud of that book we're going to be uh, making a push the, this year to try and the, get that published the first the first cover uh gives me that uh original planet of the apes uh reveal yeah. at, the, at the end of the movie yeah that's feel. exactly right the the premise of the book is it is a uh there's a war between humans and robot kind and the robots detonate a seismic device beneath the earth's crust and it floods all of new york city and the east coast it's all underwater the poetry quoting sea captain, his job is he patrols the trench looking for survivors and he finds Marilyn Monroe. 
which of course the twist is it's okay to give it up because the book's been out a year but it is it turns <laughs> out that marilyn is a robot and she's there to betray him she, there she's doing the same thing the robots are trying to find the last human survivors to get rid of them it's like no no worries about spoilers you should have been there when the book was released <laughs> but there's still well, a whole lot of story between those pages yeah, and that's the thing. You know, the the thing in this case is the stories are all kind of fun. And the one thing you notice, I mentioned it a couple times. If you like things like the Twilight Zone, you'll probably like you'll like Water Wars, you'll like Lost at Sea, you'll like Call of the Cryptid. Because what we try to do, they're like twists, or what some people call like a twist ending. Oh, definitely. That's all my favorite stuff too. <laughs> Printed with pride. Yeah, we use Comics Wellspring. Printed with pride. And they got, I got a couple of them right here. Here's another example of one of those. You see how that's one of those chrome covers. Can you see the, oh, there you go. See how it's got like a shimmer on it? And even on the character bodies, you see how the robot body is like silver and the logo is silver. Yeah. Is that coming across? So, and that that's from Comic Wellspring. So what we're trying to do is to really focus on some of here. I'll show you another one. The books have what we call chrome logos. Like they look like they're metal. Oh, that's nice. So metal. Yeah. So, so that's what we're into. In the new one, in the cryptid book, you're going to see even more uh, impressive things. I really oh. appreciate you taking a minute to ask me some questions about it. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. This is, it's, it's very impressive looking. And of course, it's right up my alley because it's, you know, monsters and sci-fi. Yeah, and it's kind of, it, like I like to tell people too, it's weird. Like it's not like, uh, you know, and sometimes I feel uncomfortable saying this, but I follow a lot of the new books and a lot of the new sci-fi books and a lot of the new horror books. And sometimes they're just not that great. And this is one where I think people will read it and they'll be like, whoa, that dude's freaking weird. This is this is a thrill ride. And it's all very visual. Like it's it's kind of dreamlike, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I've uh, I've fallen out of love with modern comics, uh, you know, well over a year ago. Yeah, and I was like, I I, I can't take this garbage they're putting out. Not everything is garbage, obviously. Right, right. No, I'm with you. Some 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 of the stuff, it's like they're daring us to not like it. Yeah, and I'm like, not a hater. Look, I love stuff. You can tell by talking to me, right? I love this stuff. Oh yeah. But, but it's even like, like just the direction they take things. Like I was, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I disconnected my Disney plus just because there wasn't much new content and I wasn't, but I, I generally like things like star Wars. I even like some of the movies, but then I saw the preview for the other week. And was I right? It was Jack Black and Lizzo were on the oh. Mandalorian. I was like, are they, are they trolling me or, oh. but I guess they really were on the show. And it, yeah. It, they, it was, yeah. The, uh, the funny thing about that is uh, the day that episode dropped last week, they w- there was this hilarious meme going around uh, centered on, you know, with Jack Black with a goofy smile on his face turned sideways looking at Lizzo. And uh, one of Grogu's ears was all that was left hanging out of her mouth. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure I got nothing against either of those two people and I don't even watch anymore. So who cares? But I mean, it just seemed grossly miscast to me. Like I I remember thinking I used to say to my daughter, 
like for the older generation of Star Wars, like if they would have put something in like Gilbert Gottfried or Bobcat Goldthwait, you would have said, hey, wait, he doesn't belong in there. Like there is yeah. such a thing as characters that are too you know, the top. Yeah. And also Star Wars characters are kind of supposed to be new that you never saw before. And mm. by the way, it's fully diverse. They could be any color. They could be woman, man. None of that stuff matters. But it's just better if they're new is my point. Yeah. Like I think hurt like, you know, they had Flea, the bass, bass player, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. But like every time I look at him, I keep them on. Give it away. Give it away now. <laughs> and uh, I thought I thought it was actually funny when they had uh, Bill Burr on. Yeah, and by the way, you're gonna think I'm being ridiculous. That's when I dropped out. I said this is too much. I can't handle the dude from Boston who's acting like he's from outer space. And it was him. And uh, and by the way, I love all these people. It probably seems like I'm a hater, but I'm a Bill Burr fan. I love Amy Sedaris. She's she was in there too. But does she belong in Star Wars? No, not even a little bit. And in fact, that makes it not Star Wars to me. Like it was enough to where I turned it off. And I love Star Wars. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. They're just you know flying to the fans and yeah well and you know, look i love just, jack black it isn't that i don't love jack black i do but by the way i thought he was miscast in king kong too oh yeah again um, not because i don't love jack black i love jack black he's great in jumanji he's great in school of rock he's he's in tenacious d the guy's awesome but is he a leading man in the movie king kong no is he an interstellar space pirate or whatever he's supposed to be and i don't even know watch the show anymore yeah, but no. the answer is no to those things and it's not because he can't act the part he probably can but at this point he's so well known as the other thing it's hard to see him as that you know yeah he was great in singles too yeah yeah and uh wasn't he in was it high fidelity or yes yeah he had the band sonic death monkey the guy's great it, it definitely isn't my beef as an actor um it, it's just that i to me one man's opinion gang you want you can flame me in the comments if you want but i think star wars is better when they focus on newer actors and you know you discover the new people I, you know yeah. and then people will say things well what about like liam neeson and samuel l jackson okay well they were really good and everything but i do think it's still better when it's newer people most definitely let let them you know have a chance Instead yeah, of, yeah, you know, R right, right. Well, we want to go with all the popular people so that you know people will come see it just because they like this actor or actress and they might go check it out and make us more money. And I'm like, well, lazy movie making, as you've seen, doesn't make anybody any money, right? Right, and in fact, for guys like me and you, it may even potentially drive us away when we almost might have been there anyway without if they hadn't done anything. Yeah, and uh, the fact that now uh, some movies end up on one of your many streaming platforms like two to four weeks after it's in the theater. Mm -hmm. I don't, don't want to go and spend $15 to go watch a movie and then like another $30 for a bucket of popcorn and a soda. Right, right, exactly. You know, popcorn's free at my house. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to uh, play the video there? Yes, we want to take a look at this. Cause I was going to say, don't don't have it too loud. When it starts up, it'll blow your eardrums off. It's uh, I, I watched it earlier, and it's a fantastic-looking trailer. Oh, th that's what I want to ask you, what you thought of it, then.
Yeah, you like that? Yeah, that's that's uh, you know, you're right. I I dropped it down to like half volume. I go, oh, I when did I get the THX sound system? <laughs> I made this through. Uh, that's an iMovie uh, plugin, and I, I noticed the audio was very loud on it. That's why. That's why I asked. Or it seems to me like it is. I'm I'm sure I could probably tweak that on a re-render but it's you know that's like your standard volume it's made to be x x loudness but yeah i was pretty happy with how it came out i did that one a little bit different and it's, like i say i do sometimes offer some video services now that gives you an idea of the kind of videos that i do you notice that mine are not animated or anything like that i'm not to that level i have seen those I'm not sure that's necessary. I'd like to hear your opinion too, bud, because I like the animated comic panel videos, but on the other hand, the comic's not animated when you get it, so it's probably not totally necessary. What do you think about that? Well, some things yes, some things no. It depends on uh, the subject and uh, the art in the book. If it's a, If it's like an animated style... I think an animated trailer would, you know, pretty much like grab everybody's attention. Right, right. But this, this is, this just looks tremendous. Like the, you know, the filming up sweeps of the, of the various pages panels. and panels yeah. and covers. Thanks. Uh, and the, uh, the obviously the uh, the Philharmonic in the background too. Yeah, and by oh, the way, that's a foreground. <laughs> yeah, in, in my case, I have to admit this. I've always, um, like all our other campaigns, we write all our own theme songs. This one, you notice it's a th stretch goal at 5,200 or whatever. So we actually didn't make the song yet. So that song that you're hearing there is like a public domain. Uh, it's one of the ones available through Apple, you know, to, to make your trailer sound epic, you know. Yeah, and it does. It does have an epic sound. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was made for like. Uh, in my case, I felt like it was enough. It sounds kind of sci-fi, you know, the boom and that stuff. But I think yeah. it was made to be like uh, battle music. I think it was battle music. Yeah, it's it. It gives me that. It gives me that feel, like you know, something wicked this way comes. And, yeah. Uh, well, and you know, I'm learning this right, but you can like these templates this, this one was a template that i used and the template you can pan you can time your pan so it gets to a dramatic image right at the right moment of the music and you can see it visually while you're making it so it, to make it do it correctly you know oh nice yeah so i had a lot of fun making it if somebody wants to get a video like that made that's the kind of video i'm doing now i'm still not going to buy an apple product though <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't know really uh I've never had any kind of formal training or anything, so I would try anything that someone taught to me. I guess in the PC world, that's After Effects, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and Photoshop. I uh, I did have formal training uh, for uh, radio, television, and video production. That's what I went to school for. Oh, nice. Um, and didn't know that you know I could just lie to a nightclub and go, oh, yeah, I've been DJing for like 10 years. Okay, you're hired. Okay. <laughs> the money the money I wasted. Um, but we had to, you know, I had to learn how to do editing and everything. And I had, I had run like an interview show for like local bands on cable access mm -hmm. that, uh, in Rhode Island, which I'm told, I just saw you on TV. What? 
Sure. Yeah, you you were like with some with some like heavy metal hair band or something. I go, hmm. oh, public. They're still playing those. Yeah, I go, I go. That was like twenty five years ago. <laughs> I don't even know if half the people in those bands are still living. It it was it's, just you know. It's funny you say that, William. I was a musician back in those days too. That's what I was originally a musician. Oh, nice. This thing of writing happened kind of accidentally to me. I'll just tell you real quick. I was a musician, right? And I had this lifelong dream. I was going to open my own comic book store. And, you know, compared to some people somewhat later in life, I started my own business. I was 47, opened my own comic book store. It was called Planet X. Then I was in a messy divorce with my wife of 20 years, and she got custody of the comic book store. And I sat down and I said, I'm going to do something that can't be taken from me. And I started writing scripts for comic books. That first one was a robot comedy called Socket. That one uh, wrote three issues of that. Uh, once that was going, we started writing The Water Wars. And people seemed to really dig that. And then that leads us right up to almost the current stuff, which is The Hunchback and Lost at Sea and Water Wars Volume 4. And like, you know, now I got the Kickstarters and the YouTube channel and we run Earth Dog Studios here out of my basement. It became a whole thing, right? We make something like 20 books now, something like that. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's really weird. It, it's Not funny because... the comic book store yeah yeah that that part came afterwards that part was the bummer that part was the bummer and it's kind of interesting that you i became a writer i think for the right reasons which is i couldn't there wasn't anything left for me to do and i felt sort of bummed about the way the other thing happened and i had to turn it into a positive so to speak so and once that happened they say that people underestimate the amount of work that they can achieve in five years they underestimate say well you know i'll never get there but you surprise you'd surprise yourself what you'd get as progress just by working you know 10 minutes a day 15 minutes a day there was definitely days where i didn't work on the comics at all and of course i've worked full-time through all this you know yeah pretty pretty much all of it most people that are doing comics out of you know indie comics uh can't afford to do them without working that day job right right yeah well, and as you can see, I, you know, I'm not even to the level of, look, I'll be honest with you, I'd hoped I'd get farther ahead from this one than it has already. But we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll meet again at the end. I guess somewhere around that five grand range, I guess I'm pretty close. But what I need, yeah. William, I need to graduate up to the bigger leagues. And that's going to be by bigger leagues. I mean, I'm ready to be a five figure guy and I need a 10 grand Kickstarter because I still what's a good way to say it? I've got to pretty soon make my decision, which will be this. I need to either go all in. Or yeah. or even maybe even drop back a hair. And the one thing that I do that's a little different, like I don't even this is through all the Earth Dog Studios books. I don't. What's the right way to say this? Like the books are all a little different. They're, they're not necessarily mainstream books. I don't have any superhero books. Um, I don't really have any ties with any kind of modern stuff. You know, it's it's definitely aimed more at classic comic collectors than modern comic collectors i have some drawbacks in the sense that i have female characters heck there's five of them now and none of them i don't do any covers that are you know risque now there's anything wrong with that but i'm saying it's something i don't have which can be a can be a drawback for me you know yeah but i i've seen so many kickstarters like in the last couple of months 
with you know promotion promotions on you know social media where it seems like almost every book is just like you know r-rated or possibly x-rated yeah and i'm like i know you know they're a lot of these books are, are meant for like, you know, more of an adult, you know, older audience, right. but sure. Really? Ha- have you not met the internet? You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that right, stuff right. is everywhere for free now. Well, and in my case, and look, look, I say everybody's a little different, right? And I got a lot of respect for everybody. It's what I call a big tent working in the comics world. And you can tell any kind of story that you want. But I will tell you that our goal at Earth Dog Studios is a very simple one. And what it is that you will have the product and say, wow, that was a carefully crafted story. Like it was a good story in a slick package in a professional product. You know, when the guys and girls who make the X-rated material, you know, God bless them, they sell quite a few. But really what the customer is buying there is they're buying that cover image. No no one's ever taken that home and saying, yeah, I read the story. It was really good, you know. Nope, it's a quick flip through and, uh, right, you know. And hey, not that there's anything wrong with that. Who am I to say how somebody should enjoy their comics, especially somebody that's selling, you know, what are they selling four times probably what I am? But yeah. th- that's what's very different. See, what, what for me is what's very successful for me. I said that a little wrong. What's very rewarding for me is when somebody recognizes the work for the somewhat literary achievement that it is. And I realize that sounds a little maybe too lofty, but I mean it in the sense of, uh, you, you know, like the stories themselves are short stories, whether they were in the graphic format or not. I think I mentioned before, I used to be a short story writer, so I never got any kind of traction from writing short stories. I never had any success. But somebody said to me, hey, you ought to think about having some of these illustrated right and you know see if you can get any success with them and in in a number of cases and reviews and everything people have said to me things like whoa this is good you should check out what these guys are doing it's a little bit different than what other people are doing but it's worth checking out and the one guy said he described it as sad and beautiful sci-fi and i just love that description so much because that is a little bit what we're doing and we try to write the stories with a little bit of what i call an emotional component and i think that just about all of the works that you would read of ours contain that same emotional component and it's something i think that is lacking from a lot of modern comics and, and by the way, I do still stay pretty relevant with modern comics. I still read a few and I support a lot of Kickstarters. Like I say, I'm a Kickstarter guy. I'm at something it'll probably say on the panel there, but I think I'm at like 97 projects back or something like that. It's a lot. And I try to support other guys when I can. So I also do the uh, YouTube channel, you know. 98. Oh, is that what I'm at right now for back? Yeah. <laughs> okay gotcha gotcha yeah i knew it was up there and i'm what they call a super backer because i you know if you back more than a certain number in a couple of months i guess it is you get to be super backer but yeah so that's roughly uh i i did this one they're usually for 30 days um in this case i went to it's came out to 37 days because i rolled it over may the 4th which is in case I got any traction from free comic book day. And I'm also hosting a star Wars event for the local library. And I figured I could probably use that to my benefit if I was there with the, you know, the cryptid advertisements and so forth. Oh yeah. 
and and maybe school a couple of young folks that uh ray is no jedi (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i'll probably go to i i started this new gig and it was recommended to me by a guy an australian by the name of sk who says hey one of the ways to increase your kickstarter traction is to do events at libraries and then before long you'll be doing one library then two then three and what happens is they start to order books and they all know each other and your name gets onto the library circuit well i gave it a shot and i got one and then i got two library presentations and now i guess i got three and this lady's saying it might go to eight libraries so i might be doing a library tour so that's the next thing i'm going to be trying to do Hey, it does. It doesn't hurt. I know uh, lots of libraries around here uh, host, like you know, small local, uh, very small, like four or five people that are like local creators. Uh, whether whether it's comics or novels, yeah. and they they advertise it uh, quite well, and it go, goes around to all the local schools and colleges that you know you know, Timothy B. Fling and, yeah. you know. Well, and in this case, it'll be this one that I'll be pitching. The cryptid book won't be out yet. You need something that's a little bit more like a trade, but this is very booky, you see. Mm. Right. And then you, Table it's very much a, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? And it's 106 pages, something like that. So it's quite, I love the art. Yeah, and it's uh, and in the back, you have what we call the codex, and these are the people who were drawn into the book. There's one of them there. <laughs> oh, nice. And their year, and uh, yeah, so that's that's what you got there. That's the Water Wars Chronicles, and that'll be in local libraries, right? And then I guess for mine, there's two series in the Water Wars. There's the Chronicles, which you just saw there, and there's twenty two eighty eight which is the one that you've probably seen floating around the internet. It looks like that guy. Oh, yeah. So that'll be the next one to be in a trade, and it'll be five. It might even be six, but I think five. Five issues in the trade, that is. But in the meanwhile, I'll just give you an overview of the other stuff that I'm doing. The thing I got on the burner right now, it's Call of the Cryptid. It's a cryptid-based visual sci-fi adventures, 32 pages of thrilling, lushly illustrated art. If you liked the Water Wars series, or if you liked The Hunchback, or if you liked Lost at Sea, you'll love Call of the Cryptid. If you're not sure if you'd like something like this, here's what's in it. We got UFOs, we got aliens, we got cryptids, we got the men in black. We got Bigfoot makes an appearance in number one. There's going to be heavy metal references. This is going to be a terrific book. I got to recommend everybody check it out right away. Definitely get behind this book. Um, The link for Timothy's YouTube channel is in the description, either up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us. And if you're listening to us in podcast format, podcast, the little podcast format just scroll to the bottom hit that see more button and everything will open up and you'll have a link for the campaign so you can go directly there as well as uh tim's youtube channel so you can subscribe to his youtube channel it's free i know i've thank done you. it <laughs> thank you and uh and check the book out uh very very reasonably priced uh from you know, $10 on up and, uh, 
don't forget the Australian variant, you know, the digital. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yep, shipping yep. to Australia. Oy vey. I uh, will do this. I, I'll throw a quick note out because you might have some international listeners. I'm doing the free upgrade for all internationals. It is a buy one, get one. Because really what you're paying for is the postage. I get it. So if you take the plunge and pay the postage, you'll get two books for the price of one. You can choose one. And then if even does it include the other more expensive ones? Yes. You can buy one, get one. As long as you're paying for postage, that's that's really what I'm trying to do is not lose money. Wow, I all of a sudden wish I was in Australia. It's a deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I've to... got to I do have some international fans and you know, it sounds I can't actually believe I'm even saying that to be honest with you. I'm really grateful for all these things that are happening to me. But so yeah, there's international fans and there's places like Serbia and Thailand and Germany and there's a couple in the Netherlands and I got a big one in Scotland and I want to make sure that my customers feel like they're taken care of and I want them to know that I care about them and for little old earth dog studios your support matters even if it's just a couple of bucks and if you're springing for the postage which i know is high i will hook you up on the product that comes you'll get a ton of free extras from me awesome well i want to thank you for coming on and hanging out and uh talking about a whole bunch of stuff tonight yeah that was fun man good show william you and i got a lot in common i just want to make a quick uh comment to you i also want to say that i'm really thankful for people that do the podcasting and things because i know it is not a lot always fun i know it's a lot of work and it's really the lifeblood of how people like me can find new customers and reach backers and stuff like that so thank you for what you do oh well thank you um this is this was an idea of mine, you know, of all things during COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I already, sure. I already had a show uh, that usually airs on Thursday called OK Boomer, where <laughs> where my friend Thomas and I will go, we'll re pick a different book like every week, um, from the Golden Age up through the Copper Age, and we'll go through it on the on the stream, answer questions in the chat, and uh, just enjoy ourselves. It's it's our old little comic book. He's, he's under the weather this week, but we, we usually do that. Um, and uh, that's going to be, that soon will be going to uh, podcast format as well. Yeah. So definitely uh, when you hit the see more button, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's available wherever you get a podcast from. Uh, it's free to follow. It's free to download or just listen to it on your favorite platform. Uh, please, uh, Write us a write us a little couple of nice words about about the show and uh, give us you know that five star review because that's the appropriate number of stars I believe <laughs> and uh, it'll help get the word out and it'll help more people to see the podcast to help us grow and you can always bop over to Creators Outlet on YouTube so you can see all the lovely visuals we've been talking about this evening. Uh, and uh, just thank everybody for tuning in once again, uh, whether you're watching this live or on the replay. Thank you very much, Tim. And uh, it was a pleasure getting to meet you. You know, pleasure's mine. Pleasure's mine. Let's do it again, man. Vir virtually, definitely. Uh, hit me up whenever you have a new project going on. You got um, it. I'll keep sharing this out. And when 
when it hits my Spotify links later tonight, I will uh, I will tag you and share it out on all my platforms. Perfect. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good night, everybody. everybody. Have a great have a great night, and uh, you know, go read a comic book.